What up, Slap Nuts? This is the King of the Mountain, Jeff Jarrett, and you're listening to the Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Hello, hello. How are you guys doing out there? Geek Fives Nation, this is your pal Dane, you know, for another episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Uh, just had a great day. Uh, I got to interview the chief animator for Sony a little while ago, and uh, that was amazing. Uh, I got to see, um, what was it, Into the Spider-Verse? Very, very fantastic film. Recommend anyone go to see that. So, of course, I'm going to plug myself because it's my show. If you want to check out that interview, I think we're going to be posting up this weekend. Uh, we got to wait until after the movie's out for a little while. But it was James Ward, really, really nice guy. Um, had a good time just talking to him. It was a blast. But either way, you guys don't care about that. Well, you should. But I'm just saying, you, you tuned in to listen to my mouth, you know, chomp shit up and talk about wrestling. Unfortunately, uh, you know, it's going to be the holidays. So it's going to be a weird thing. We're going to be having our show today on Thursday because I moved it to help out um, Full Court Press, our basketball show. If you guys don't know about that and you're into basketball, gvnation.com. Remember, for all of our stuff, including our Facebook page, our Twitter page, um, our Instagram, and then any audio format. We're on Stitcher. We're on uh, Blog Talk, obviously, and iTunes. Uh, there's links for all that. So if you guys want to check that out. But um, – yeah, we have to do we have we have a uh, basketball show that that's where I was going with that. See, I, I was I was wondering why am I talking about? I mean, I'm making plugs, but there was a reason for these said plugs, and it popped in my head. So yeah, we have a basketball show. Um, definitely check out Geek Fives Live on Sunday nights if you're in the movies. But mainly with Wrestling Geeks Alliance, we're supposed to be here every Wednesday seven. Did a little bit of you know moving around to help accommodate. Uh, other shows for the network. And uh, I moved to Thursday. Uh, unfortunately, I don't have uh, either Chris or Jeffrey on tonight. Um, I gave them the information. I kind of gave them a breakdown. I'm going to do the shows. And um, this week's a little bit weird, but next week we'll be doing it next Wednesday like we normally do, 7 p.m. EST. Um, and we're going to break down the results, obviously, of TLC, go over whatever news the next week after that. What we're planning on doing, two days after Christmas, I believe, our end-of-the-year show. So we'll be going over our top five favorite matches. We'll do a little bit of research. Top five favorite performers, et cetera, et cetera. And just kind of, like I said, do a year of review of professional wrestling. And uh, we did one last year. It was a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that. Chris will, will definitely be I, – I think he'll be on both the shows. He couldn't do it tonight because of uh, work stuff. I don't know about Jeffrey. I'm trying to get us a guest. A uh, buddy of mine through an interview, uh, awesome actor, director, rapper, shoot, professional wrestler, guru, if you will, uh, Stuart Stone, Stu Stone. I uh, did an interview with him, trying to get him to come on a wrestling show and just talk, shoot the shit, you know, just talk about wrestling like we always do. Uh, either way, we had kind of a slow week, honestly, but we had some key items to talk about, and I wanted to come on air. Talk about Raw and SmackDown, mainly because I've had so many problems. I don't usually re- review Raw and SmackDown anyways. Me and Chris stopped doing that for a while. But it got to a point where it was so bad I had a comment on it. And then we kind of went over last week's, which I think was a step up for Raw, maybe. But this week has been pretty damn good. So I wanted to, if I'm going to be negative at times, I've got to be positive as well. But mainly, TLC, Wrestle Kingdom. Those two cards specifically Wrestle Kingdom for me, um, are going to be a lot of fun to go over. So just, you know, strap up, relax, and uh, hold on to your butts. But before we do that, I just want to let you guys know, you know, this is the Christmas season. Everyone's going out. You want to save some money. I completely understand that. Uh, We have a lot of items tonight, actually, that kind of can benefit you in different ways. But one, our first one, is uh, we have a $20 discount code with Geek Vibes. The code is actually Geek Vibes, so G-E-E-K-V-I-B-E-S. And the code can be used by any of you guys, anyone out there that listens, for $20 off their first SeatGeek purchase. And SeatGeek is an amazing ticket company. I mean, you know, just the right type of deals. You can use them for pretty much anything. It doesn't matter if it's like opera or theater. 
to sporting events, wrestling events, obviously, which are, I understand they are sporting events, but I'm just saying. So concerts, you know, I'm in the rock concerts and such. They're just great to be able to use the app, and it's such an easy way of buying, and um, I recommend anyone. So it's a $20 off just for typing in Geek Vibes. You know, you're helping us out a little bit, and you're helping out your pocket. So it just, it seems right. So if you're going to any events in the next couple of weeks, maybe in the next couple of months, think about us. Like I said, disco code Geek Vibes, all one word, $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek. All right. Let's go over Raw. We'll get, we'll get the, uh, the smaller stuff, I would say, out of the way. But uh, Raw... You know, it basically started off with Seth Rollins. And I've heard many people say this, and I completely agree, but like with Seth Rollins airing our grievances with everything that's been wrong with Raw towards Vince McMahon, but it's amazing. Vince as a writer, if you will, even if he's acknowledging his a little bit of his defeat, the decline in ratings, which is an issue. You know, you know me, I've, I've debated with Chris on the the opposite end of that spectrum before in the past. But to an extent, even if you have all these followers that are paying for your network and you know that there's DVR and you might have some of the highest ratings on your network, still when your ratings are dropping at such a right and, you know, your, your, your quote-unquote B-show is about to go to Fox, there's a lot of uh, prepping and, and maybe rearranging that you should probably do if needed be. So it's like Seth was yelling at Vince, but Vince wrote, wrote, if you will, well, his team of writers, including Vince, I should say, Baron Corbin as the authority figure. So Seth, the stone cold to him, the Vince, whatever. Obviously, it's not to that degree and level. But we know that Baron Corbin's had this, this abuse of power going on for a while. Like, you know, he's been screwed over people. They kind of got their come, uh, you know, come up it's a little bit um, with with Finn Balor helping kind of screw over everyone. I think that was last week, yeah, which is the reason why it was a little bit better. I do remember. I do remember. That's right. They aren't so completely unforgettable. <laughs> anyway, but uh, yeah. So all this started with you know Seth Rollins coming out and trying to drop like a pipe bomb, whatever, if you will. Um, about Baron Corbin, told him he's a little bitch, told him to get down to the ring. Baron Corbin came down. Baron Corbin, you know, for all the complaints that people say about him, he's gotten really good on the mic. He's gotten really good, you know, at his posture and working off the crowd. I will definitely give him that. That used to be, I think, some of his weaknesses. Because, like, whenever you get him on the mic, he would sound like a combination, like, of, um, you know, Keanu Reeves. With, with, like, Biff Tannen from fucking uh, Back to the Future. And just, yeah, that's, I, I like this version. He seems a lot more comfortable. Is he the best wrestler? You know, everyone, I, I think I've heard a lot of people criticize him, but I don't think he's anything special, but I don't think he's bad either. I mean, I really do like his signature and his finisher. Uh, both of them are really cool moves. Um, and I, I kind of like some of the sequences he does. He is the king of the rest hold. I will, I will give you that, though. Um, but either way, this all ended basically with Corbin gloating about the fact that he's probably going to win TLC because of what's going on with Braun. And I have no idea what they're doing with that either, but we'll get down to that. And, um, you know, Seth basically said, well, if you don't have a TLC match, how about tonight? And was insinuating me against you, I see belt on the line, let's do this. And started calling him a coward a bunch of times when we tried to back out. And finally, he kind of snapped and said, fine, I'll do it. So it was, it was a good opening. It was a good opening. I usually, I'm like Chris, I kind of like starting with a match and just getting straight to it. But at the same time, I thought both guys were doing pretty well uh, with the crap they're given, at least. This whole entire thing with the authority figure, I got to say, I, I feel like I know the direction they're probably going, and it's not the direction I would want. Um, with Baron... I feel like they're just going to keep him. He's either going to beat Braun because well, they'll probably have the Braun forfeits because he's injured. Just keep him out. Even if he's fine to come back, it's gotten too long. It's gotten too past the point where they already made action to it and adjusted the storyline. Even though 
you know, you, you can say what you want about they have to be more consistent than I think people think. They, I, I don't, even though long-term booking is not a concept, I think that, I think we don't know as much as everyone thinks we know. That's all I'm saying with that. So I think that they understood, all right, shit, Braun might be hurt past this. We have to figure out something. So I could see Baron Corbin very well getting or winning against him and now becoming the main guy. And then you can kind of keep on going with that, I guess. To me, this is not going to happen, but I think that this is a good, maybe solution, if you will, a compromise, if you will. I can't take Baron Corbin seriously, and I think a lot of people have this problem too. I can't take him seriously as a general manager because he's not related to the McMahons. I mean, he's not not Triple H, he's not Stephanie, he's not Shane, he's not Vince, so... It's kind of like the commissioner aspect. It's like, why the fuck would they just get power all of a sudden over everyone? It doesn't really make a lot of sense. They're just from the roster. Um, Kurt Angle could come back. Eh, I kind of would rather keep Kurt Angle around for some other angle. Uh, (laughs) No pun intended. Um, But something else maybe to do at WrestleMania, get him in a good match. That would be a lot of fun. I don't know if I necessarily need him to come back as commissioner. I like Baron Corbin as a villain, don't get me wrong, but I would love for him to kind of just keep on going down this route that they're saying, uh, at least for another week, or imply that after he screws over Braun and maybe screws over Seth during his match. You know, they could do a lot of things to make this happen. Um, and then Stephanie calls, comes out and it's like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, she's a heel manager, but she's still an owner in storyline and in real life, so it kind of works. It's life imitating art, if you will. Um, but she has a problem with the fact that he's, you know, it's all been at the expense of the product of Monday Night Raw. And so she wants to know, actually, maybe he's been dodging phone calls from her. Maybe, you know, she's told him to lighten up and he hasn't. She calls him out for all of it. And it basically ends with her trying to find out who's giving you the orders to do this, because I fucking certainly didn't. Like, you know, you you didn't have full control, and you were basically just taking everything. And then as soon as that happens, no chance from hell. Comes on, you get Vince's old ass, even though he's old now. He's still got it, I think. Maybe he doesn't, and that's why not. But I don't know. That Rod 25 was pretty fucking cool with uh, that, that whole entire interaction. Why not get Vince a little bit more involved with his character is all I'm trying to say. You know? I think we take it that seriously a little bit more. If you're going to do the whole entire authority thing, it worked with CM Punk because Vince was still around. It didn't really work past that because it just wasn't the same. Even with Triple H and Stephanie leading the charge, you know, Vince just has this quality to him. And this time he can kind of like have like a godfather concept. Now either the person that works for him could be Triple H, obviously, but maybe Baron Corbin is someone that he's keeping as like a muscle, but also someone that he thinks that he can manipulate and control to do his bidding. And so he's sabotaged certain things. Now, the re- the thing is, why is he even doing this? You got to make up that concept. You also can't act like it's breaking kayfabe because of, he's having bad writing. You got to like do what Seth did and just more talk about like the stupid Lucha party thing and this and this and just try and destroy the baby face. Maybe Vince is just evil and he just wants to fuck with everyone. He's crazy. He can go down a whole route about being like crazy and, and uh, just kind of like losing it a little bit, you having a little bit of dementia, and just like kind of like just wanting to f- screw with his company. I don't know. There's ways to go about it, but I think it would be a hell of a lot more interesting than what we've got. So that one might have been a long ramble of something that's probably never going to happen, but still better than, you know, Baron Corbin. I do like Baron Corbin. All right, let's go to the first match. In a handicap match. Man, that was a ramble. Uh, for the Fraud Tag Team Championship, uh, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable going against AOP, and for some reason, Drake Maverick, AOPP. I feel bad for those guys. Anyways, Rude and Gable now have matching robes and gear, and it was really, really nice. I liked it. Uh, Not really necessary. I kind of don't want this to happen anymore. I'd rather one guy being a solo, like Chad Gable going back to SmackDown, or staying on Raw and being a solo, you know, babyface, trying to do that, and Bobby being a heel and going to the opposite brand, but Whatever. Um, either way, cool thing. 
Well, not for AOP, but AOP lost. Uh, Rude pinned Maverick, who is not one of the tag champions, but <coughs> he pinned him to win the tag team champions. Chips. <coughs> sorry, guys. Uh, sorry. Throat got a little dry. Yeah, so that makes absolutely no sense. I don't know why this became a three-way, but how the hell is a person that's not even the champion, the manager, who's for some reason wants to be involved in this match, um, like how does that even work? Whatever. Hey, now they're tag champions. So Bobby Roode's had two championships, and he's 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 doing he's doing things. I really just hate the way they position him. Both those guys are incredibly talented, though. Don't get me wrong. I've been I've been speaking Chad Gable's praises for a while now. There's certain elements of him. He's like a little bit of Owen, a little bit of Brett, a little bit of Kurt. Damn good, uh, damn good, damn good hand, if you will. All right. After that, Natalia said she was uh, dedicating her tables match uh, to her father, Jim Neidhart, and uh, then Ruby Wright came out, and uh, she had a table. But basically, one of those giant, what are they called, fathead pictures of Jim Neidhart in the middle of it. So, I really like Ruby Riot. I think they're trying to kind of like put her in the direction of like this, maybe, I don't know, this Randy Orton-esque character messing with the legends. If they kind of go down that route and have the posse, you know, the Liv Morgan and, um, oh man, what the hell is her name? I'm looking right at her in my head. Oh man, this is going to make me mad. Um, but either way, um, if you get them to back her up, basically, and just keep that going on, but kind of make her more sinister, I do like it. I understand that there are people that are not, I'm going to say ridiculously offended or anything like that, but they think that it's kind of in bad taste to involve Jim Neidhart. And I can I can tell you, I could see even possibly Natty, Natty losing this match just because... That's how her and her father kind of viewed the business. Uh, you know, it's all on the line and stuff, I guess. I don't know. I don't. I can't speak for her and how she feels about her, her father, you know, being involved in the storyline. I'm assuming that everything's okay is what I'm saying. But, yeah, I'm going to assume that, that Ruby's going to go through a table. Um, next one, Drew McIntyre just really got his to just beat the shit out of Dolph Ziggler. Uh, McIntyre won the match. With a Claymore after the match, McIntyre continued to kick the crap out of Ziggler, gave him a low-hanging Claymore on the outside. Ah, oh, man. I, I, I do feel bad for for Dolph. I'm, just, I'm wondering where they're going to put him next. Um, but Drew McIntyre, he's still continuing, for me, to be one of the guys I think could be their top heel on the product easily. Just, I think he's good on the mic. He's got a great body. He's you know, he's a monster in the ring. He's, he comes off physically intimidating. You know, he's got all the things that Vince McMahon likes in a wrestler. And I just feel like, you know, uh, he's, he's got a good uh, ability on the mic, man. He, he, he can really come off sinister and stuff. So that's, that's something they kind of need. I don't know. We're definitely going to see more of that this weekend, though. But we'll get to that later. I'll eat your heart. Any of you can, uh, you know, message me and tell me what movie that's from. It's not a Sailor movie. I'll, I'll give you that. All right. Then we have Bailey getting, uh, def- or yeah, she defeated Alicia Fox, Jenna Mahal, and the Singh brothers. Tried to interfere on Fox's behalf, so Apollo Cruz and Sasha Banks attacked them to even the odds. Bailey won with a be- belly to Bailey. I think everyone's talking about the fact that Apollo Cruz, when he was doing the press slam, kind of had his hands in bad areas. Hey. Um, I'm going to assume when Matt Morgan says on a podcast, that is the correct way you're supposed to grab them to be able to put them. I don't think there's anything weird. If anything, it was a complete accident. Uh, you know, it's just, it's just weird that I live in this time period where I have to try to like say that, you know, who knows, but I'm just saying, I, I don't think that there was anything bad, badly intended by that. I didn't even notice until people told me. And then I kind of like went back and watched. I was like, yeah, that wasn't uh, good. But what are you going to do? We'll find out. Either way, Bailey won with the belly to Bailey. Troy Caruso made Dean Ambrose watch a long video package 
And he looked at her like he was going to spit on her face and then just walked off. I liked how they kind of chunked it together. They took out some of the Roman stuff, but not, but like some of the nasty shit that he did in the other previous interviews and mix it in with his, this wacky side. And afterwards he was kind of like, just looking at her like, are you judging me? And then just like walked off. It was interesting. Leo Rush defeated Elias. Elias had the match won with a powerbomb, but Bobby Lashley interfered and attacked him. Referee Heath Slater didn't disqualify Rush in an attempt to please Baron Corbin. Lashley hit Elias with the guitar, giving Rush a pin. Yeah, that was that was actually I'm I'm glad to see Leo Rush get a match. He didn't get a lot of offense in, but when he was able to, you know, he showed off his skills, and I think that that's a something that we see with this and what we saw with Mustafa Ali and Daniel Bryan, which is one of the highlights, I think, of the week with SmackDown. I think that they're going to start representing these guys and kind of like trying them out. Very similar to how WWE was doing with NXT a couple of years ago with KO coming up and going against John Cena for the U.S. title. I kind of hope to see stuff like that happen more often. Um, like, you know, how Seth is doing this, well, I don't know if he'll have a title pass this weekend. I'm assuming that he loses. But if he does, if he keeps on doing these, um, what is it, uh, open challenges for it, seeing a Cedric Alexander would be freaking awesome. Or anyone, really. But, you know, someone from NXT, perhaps. We'll have to wait and see. Wouldn't it be amazing if Tommaso Ciampa just showed up, NXT champion, kind of like the way that KO did it, and just came out and just lost slightly, but beat the shit out of Seth Rollins, just giving him that little bit more viewers on him, like this guy's coming, I think it would help guys out, and he, especially with 205 Live guys. They need, a, they need a little more exposure, you know, besides Drake Maverick and even Leo Rush. Like, let's see Drew Gulak in something. He's, not, he's great on the mic, and he's a great wrestler, too. A lot of guys over there. All right. Alexa Bliss set up another public forum segment. Ugh. Involving Nia Jackson, Ronda Rousey, Nia cut a long promo, and it was actually probably one of her more intimidating promos. I'll give her, you know, I usually give her a lot of shit with her talking ability. This one and the one she did last week with Charlie Caruso where she, like, snapped at her at the end of it. Good. She, I, I think she's good at being aggressive, and I like how she works in the ring of, like, you know, talking shit. It just, for some reason, just doesn't land well with a, a crap load of lines. This seems like one of the stronger ones, so that's good. You know, it sucks that, I mean, partially, probably the reason why she's getting better partially is from just so much negative feedback, but I guess that's the internet and shit. Um, yeah, but how it, she's going to break Rhonda's face at TLC. Still don't know how I feel about her using that as a, I mean, I guess work with it, but you definitely just a little bit, not too much, but slightly diminished Becky Lynch you know, and her push. I mean, she was on fire. It's very similar to what I feel like happened to Braun Strowman. But what are you going to do? All right. After that, uh, Ronda, you know, Rousey said she wasn't here to talk. She was here to fight. Ember Moon showed up to back her up because she was kind of like getting surrounded by Tamina and uh, um, Naya. That's right. That's her name. And then Ember Moon had a match with Tamina, or yeah, Tamina, and she defeated her. Rousey prevented Jax from interference, and Moon was able to win with an eclipse. Really, really cool move. All right, and the last match of the night. Wow, we went through all of that. Uh, was Seth Rollins against Baron Corbin? Uh, this one, Heath Slater played the role as the referee. Um. Was he a ref? He was a ref, I think, one of the other ones before that. Maybe it was a Drew McIntyre, Dolph Ziggler. Is either that or the Leo Rush versus Elias? I'm not 100% sure. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, he was the referee in that match. So he's basically, you know, he Slater's got kids. I hope they have, like, some type of redemption story with Heath, uh, with Heath Slater. I, I really feel like he could be... He's a good, he's a great in-ring hand. He's got personality as shit. If you gave him, like, time, he could be not the people's champion, but, like, that type of concept, champion of the people, if you will. And I feel like this, this, this thing could either just go down 
and be done, like he turns it around and, and helps out Braun Strowman or helps out Seth win or whatever, and then punches Baron Corbin in the face, something like that. Or they could stretch it out and kind of like do something with it. But we'll have to find out. Either way, he was, once again, the referee. He took order from Corbin during the match. Rollins was about to win. Slater pushed over the ladder. Rollins was able to recover, super kick Slater, buckle bomb Corbin through a table, and hit the stomp. He then climbed the ladder to win the match. Dean Ambrose stared at him from the stage. This is a really, really good match. I would definitely say this match, tag match wasn't bad either. This match and the, uh, the, the tag match versus AOP and Bobby Roode and Chad Gable, but mostly, Leo Rush was also pretty good in his match, but, but mainly that ending. If you haven't, if you only watched like highlights or like read kind of cliff notes of Raw and just found out what happened, um, if you want to check out specifically a good match, that last one with Seth Rollins and Baron Corbin was pretty good. So I will give it that. All right. Now let's talk about SmackDown, guys. This is fun. All right, so it starts off, Dan O'Brien's talking crap to the audience. Um, He tells them that they uh, aren't really sheep, that sheep are much more worthy and don't overpopulate and um, destroy resources, and they don't have a a carbon hoof print, I believe he said. Dan O'Brien's just working out really well as a heel, even though it's like an environmentalist, which is something I don't think that we should be booing at, but whatever. If he's going to make it work, I I bet you he's – had this idea for a long time, and now he's going to run with it. And, you know, in a way, in a way, I was thinking about this. I always like to do comparisons. I know some people are like, oh, you can't compare. Bullshit. There's something that you can visually see. This is with music, with anything. With music, it's listening and hearing a band that sounds similar to another one. You know, it might be very, very blunt or just kind of slightly in your head of what you perceive it to be. Same thing applies with wrestlers. And I, I don't think it's either bad to, like, see something of another wrestler uh, within him. And Dan O'Brien, I mean, the Yes Movement got stopped suddenly. But it was on fire. I mean, it was building. He was the biggest thing since John Cena, really. I mean, Punk was big, too, I would say. But, you know, I, Dan O'Brien could have reached huge levels if he didn't abruptly have to get stopped. Well, had to get. If he didn't stop due to injury. And I think the momentum got kind of smacked a little bit. So the fact is he's trying to heal. You wouldn't think that Baron Corbin, kind of like a John Cena, like a Hulk Hogan, which is kind of where I'm getting at. Yes, movement, Hulkamania. Now you have a complete switch, but you always have room to be able to come back to that original character after you get to, like, do whatever. And the thing about this is Daniel Bryan might be a heel, but he's still being a baby face, if you will, quote unquote, by trying to highlight people like Mustafa Ali. I love the video package at the beginning, telling us what match we're going to get. This one was out of nowhere, and then Charlotte and Oscar were going to end it. It was really, really good. And uh, yeah, so basically, Mustafa Ali cut his uh, his promo short and came down, and like you know, Dan O'Brien was like. You don't have to explain yourself. I know you. You're Mustafa Ali. Why don't we not even wrestle? Because these people don't deserve to see us wrestle. And he kind of was like, what happened to you? Like, I used to look up to you. You know, we met each other at the Cruiserweight Classic. And blah, blah, blah. And um, it went back and forth. And he was demanding a match. So Dan O'Brien was like, what type of car do you drive? And he's like, "Uh, an SUV. And like Daniel Bryan shook his head, and he was like, "Dude, I got, I have family. Like, I have a whole entire family." And he goes, "You don't need that size." Of-. And he slaps Mustafa Ali. Um, it starts off the match pretty much like that, but it, it was a great match. It really gave a chance for Mustafa Ali to show his skills and show him he did. Uh, and the guy just had an amazing match. It's definitely another one along with that last, probably. This might be the best match of the week between, you know, main WWE. Because that last, that tag match on, on NXT was pretty damn fire, too. Or, no, 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 it wasn't a tag match. Wait, who the hell was it? I watched it last night, and I can't even remember. I know Bobby Fish won against EC3, but there was a big match after that, too. Oh, well, either way. I don't know why I'm... Oh, no, it was Tyler Breeze and friggin' Ricochet. Go check that shit out. That was awesome. Anyways... So, yeah, I like this concept. I mean, afterwards, he was a heel, ran up the ramp, beat the crap out of him some more, put him in the heel hook, which is the thing that he got him to tap out with in the first place. Um, 
But I like this version of Daniel Bryan, and I like the idea that if he has the belt, he's going to kind of, like, go against talent and not put the belt on the line, per se, but, like, you know, kind of, like, help get other guys over, basically. I think that's kind of awesome. Uh, oh, God, the rap battle was next. So the Usos in the bar had a rap battle with the New Day as judges. Um, it, was, it was entertaining. I, I will give it that. It wasn't as good as the New Day versus the Usos. There was some stuff said between those guys. That was uh, that made it really funny, but this one was still pretty hilarious. Um, and the funny thing is, the bar got a little shout out from uh, Vanilla Ice because they used Ice Ice Baby, but changed the lyrics to like Shamey, I think. I don't know. They had a horrible rap. They they both look awesome. They look like LL Cool J, you know, circa what ninety one, basically like a red jumpsuit, Adidas, you know, both of them had on the hats and stuff like that, the glasses. Uh, look, they look cool. They just sounded ridiculous. And then the Usos destroyed them by part. At one point, uh, I think it was Jimmy Uso started talking to the turnbuckle because he was asking how Cesaro's teeth got jammed up in his mouth. It was it was pretty funny. It all ended with them brawling and beating the crap out of each other. And I'm looking for this match. I wish it was a ladder match or a TLC match. Um, maybe we can potentially see this at Mania with these three teams because I think Bubba Ray Dudley made a great point and observation, another comparison, um, that these guys kind of have a similar – like they, it doesn't matter where you put them. These guys just work well together. That They could, they could put on an incredible tag match, which they are going to be able to show us, and then pass that a TLC match down the road, you know, like – the the uh, chemistry that he had with the Hardys, Devon, and Edge and Christian. So that's a really really cool concept because that goes back that that type of three ways is is compared to a lot of times to Midnight Express, the Rock and Roll Express, and the Road Warriors. So you know that there there seems to be this type of chemistry that happens with three teams on a lot of different promotions. Uh, in time periods where they, it's just there and they can just make magic happen. So that's going to be a fun match. There's the, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to lie. There's way too many matches on the TLC card, but they all seem like fun matches. So I am looking forward to that. Um, after that, we have the Miz come out, shoot a promo. Um, he's doing some stupid shit. He's kind of like, you know, he's paying guys now apparently to come and, uh, fight matches and saying that Paige and Shane will pay for it. And I like this. I like this new version of Miz. I don't really need a baby face turn. If they're not going to go Daniel Bryan versus him, which I kind of hope they don't, honestly, I'd like to see them in separate things. Someone said Daniel Bryan versus John Cena. I think that would be awesome. I know a lot of people probably would not be down for it, but whatever. Get over it, Marks. Call me a Mark. Um, but Miz and Shane, I'm, I'm enjoying this. You know, Miz, Miz's whole thing is like he just wants to be like he's he's been a you know world champion. He's headlined WrestleMania, but he's never been uh, two parts of uh, best in the world, and like that's a big deal to him. And you know, Shane's uh, kind of just getting annoyed by him, so he calls out Shane. Shane comes out in his nice Jordans, really nice outfit, and um, Miz tricks him into teaming against two jobbers that he calls out. I think they're the Las Vegas brothers. Uh, just two jobbers. One of them, for some reason, had a Brooklyn Man heart symbol on his butt. Um, and at one point, Corey Graves is like, "Oh, he must be good. He's got a Brett, he's got Brett heart symbol on his butt. Um, something to, I don't, he might have said butt. Um, but either way, uh, basically, Miz just went and let Shane have it this time. And in his, you know, more casual ensemble, these guys start beating the crap out of him. And, uh, you know, there was there was a little bit of botching, you know, from Shane. That, that weird DT that usually lands just didn't work out. It could have been the other guy's fault. could have been his, combination of both. But, uh, you know, it, it, it looked like she was kind of frantic anyways because of the fact that he was just placed in this fight. So it kind of worked a bit. He won with a triangle choke. Um, backstage, Paige refused to pay the independent contractors. Paige is going, hell, you don't, you don't do that. It's not their fault they were told that. Um, and then, you know, the Miz would get bitched out by Shane and there would be a part where Miz was trying to like reason with them. And then the Shane just kind of shook his head and left. So lover's quarrel. 
Anyways, Randy Orton cut a promo on Rey Mysterio. He was digging into him, and out of nowhere, uh, Mysterio showed up and attacked him from behind with a chair and just laid it into him. I guess they're having a chair match, which is it's a hardcore match, but whatever. Uh, you're not allowed to use tables. What? I think it, I'm allowed to use a chair? Oh, okay. That makes a lot of sense. Fucking stupid. Rusev and Jeff Hardy went against uh, Samoa Joe and um, sorry. Lost my page. Uh, yeah, so Rusev and Jeff Hardy defeated Shinsuke Nakamura and Samoa Joe. Uh, it was it was a pretty fun match. Nothing too crazy, but uh, it ended with a machka kick while... It, it, that was actually a pretty cool sequence, is that Shinsuke went to go for the uh, Kinshasa and got a machka kick right to the face while he was coming at Rusev. So that was the uh, three count. They won. Um, weird, though. Okay, so Jeff Hardy and Samoa Joe, I'm pretty sure. No, actually, I don't think either one of these teams, there's already 12 matches. They're, they're not on the pay-per-view. So that's interesting. Um, I guess they're going to do the bros. I'm not 100% sure why you're not doing the U.S. title and doing Randy Orton versus Rey Mysterio, I guess, besides for the name notoriety. But whatever. What are you going to do? Last match, Asuka went against Charlotte. It's actually a pretty cool match. And Charlotte found a kendo stick. Who the fuck's putting kendo sticks underneath the ring? Was there a hardcore match, like, in play? You just put them underneath there every single time? Kind of strange. Anyways, I guess you could have paid one of the guys to put a kendo stick underneath there. Sure. Yeah, so Flair got the uh, the thing and started beating the crap out of Asuka with it. Uh, after the match, because it was obviously thrown out, uh, DQ, Asuka gets the win, but not the real win. Um, Oscar Flair and Becky took turns hitting each other. Oscar eventually got up on top, uh, was beating both women's, and she came. She like you know, it looks like that's not good. That Oscar's gonna win. Like that, those uh, that it's called WWE math, if you will, about like if you stand tall, that means you're probably gonna lose. Doesn't always happen, but uh, I really feel like Charlotte inevitably is gonna win this. I think it's uh, Becky's gonna lose. It's not going to be your fault. It's going to be between Oscar and Flair. Flair has a loss now, technically, because of DQ. Before she beat her, WrestleMania last year. Flair won the belt. Becky will go in the Rumble. She'll win it. She'll have, like, a hard time choosing, and then she'll finally pick Ronda. And then Oscar will get built to go against Charlotte. You know, both of them kind of have bullshit wins, because maybe Charlotte could do something where Becky's already taken out of the match, it's against her and Asuka. She kind of, like, does whatever, and Asuka kind of gets screwed a bit. So now that, that kind of disqualifies the, both those two matches, and now they have to have a rubber match. Or the, the rubber match could be the WrestleMania match. But you have arguably the biggest match at WrestleMania last year. Um, number two. Uh, either, either person is champion. It's not going to really change. But more important thing is Asuka should win this time make the story a little better. Um, it would be cool. And then both women's matches are going to be awesome, you know, regardless of what they're going to do besides that. So SmackDown and Raw, I will say, they were very entertaining. There were some good matches. That last one, like I just said, Oscar and Charlotte, Jenna Bryan and Mustafa Ali, and Seth Rollins and um, Baron Corbin. Uh, they, were, they were all good matches. They were solid matches for sure. But either way, Let's go to TLC and burn it down. But before we talk about burning it down, I'm going to hand it over to my good friend and correspondent, the late, great Dusty Rhodes, for a word from our sponsor, Action Heat. Thank you, baby. This episode is sponsored by Action Heat. Action Heat makes the world's best battery-heated clothing, baby. Heat on demand at the touch of a button. Control your environment with Action Feed, Daddy. Action Heat clothing is engineered to safely and efficiently deliver heat via heating panels similar to a heated coffee. They can reach temperatures up to 135 degrees, baby, and are powered by a rechargeable high-volt, 5-volt, 
lithium long battery that lasts up to 12 on each charge. Action Heat batteries can also be used to recharge your phone, daddy, and any other rechargeable device when you're wearing them. Protect for any family or friends on your holiday gift list, baby. If you want to go out, you know, in all this weather in a cold, baby, if you got if you got family, if you got the hard workers doing construction, those blue collar American workers, get them action key, baby. Keep them warm out in the, the cold trenches of the winter, baby. Either way, baby, don't it doesn't matter it, what type of winter activities it is, okay? If you, got, if you just like to go outside, baby, and go to the mountains, if you want to go to the mountains, you go to the mountains, daddy. Actually, heat clothing provides toasty warmth and comfort for your whole body, including heated jackets, socks, gloves, hats, and even undergarments, <laughs> like heated base layer shirt and long johns. You can stay warm and cozy from head to toe with Action Heat, Daddy. Action Heat is available in men's and ladies and has a great new style and model just released from winter season. Make winter activities more enjoyable with a blast of warmth. Action Heat is a perfect solution to keep you toasty and warm even in the most hot times of winter weather. Heated products that fit everyone's budget, starting at this $39.99, Daddy. We got a special deal for our listeners to save 20% off the whole entire order. Just go to actionheat.com slash geek to check out everything Action Heat to offer. That's actionheat.com slash G-E-E-K. Or use the coupon code GEEK at checkout to save 20%. Help us out, and, you know, it'll help you out too, baby. Stay totally warm while you enjoy all your outdoor activities. Don't let winter bring you hard times. This winter with Action Heat, bring them, get yourself warm, and enjoy yourself in this nice season. Thank you, Action Heat, for sponsoring this wonderful Podcast, Daddy. Back to you, Dean. Thanks, Dust. Great job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not. Jeez, you are sensitive, Dusty. Dusty, that's my kitty cat. Anyways, let's move on, guys. We got some uh, pay-per-views to go over before. So let's start off, I guess, with TLC kind of finishing out the whole WWE thing. Um. This card is ridiculous, like I said. A lot of it's going to have to be on the pre-show. And if there, if, if either one of those two matches, Rusev versus Shinsuke for the U.S. title, which I think should be on there somewhere, or, um, and they're not even, they're not doing the tag titles either. Yeah, Bobby Roode and, and Trey Gable don't have a fucking match. It's crazy, too. But, or, or Jeff Hardy versus um, whoever the hell he's going against. It's, it's Rusev versus Shinsuke and Jeff Hardy Versus Randy Orton? No. God, this is really bad when they when they friggin' fight each other so much. And I can't remember who the hell. Oh, Samoa Joe. That's right. Surprise! Those those two matches aren't on there. So they are. This is probably where they're gonna go, or they're gonna save them for the next pay per view at, at uh, Rumble. Who knows? All right. So the mixed match challenge, which I don't think anyone gives a shit about, but I do love our truth and Carmella. So specifically just for that, I'll let them win the first match. Cruiserweight, Buddy Murphy, Cedric Alexander. I mean, the thing is, Buddy Murphy's had it for a while, but I feel like if he should have dropped it, it should have been against Mustafa Ali last time. So Cedric's already had the damn belt. I guess you could have Cedric and Mustafa again at Mania, but this time Mustafa takes it over. But, you know, I don't know if they're going to go down that route either. It looks like they might push Mustafa Ali to Tamane, make some transition for that soon. So, um, I'm going to say Buddy's going to retain. Yeah, I, I, I think that there's a good chance Buddy retains. And someone different steps up. I don't know exactly who. Noam Dar, maybe. Um, you could do Drew Gulak again. 
I know that they're both heels, I believe, but who cares at this point? As long as you have some good matches, I don't think so many people are invested in the storyline as much, unfortunately. That's the reason why Triple H got involved, right? Um, so, yeah. I got Carmella and uh, Truth and uh, Buddy Murphy and Cedric Alexander. Or Buddy Murphy over Cedric Alexander. Those are my predictions. And if either one of these matches uh, gets on, Rusev will beat, I think, Shinsuke. And I believe that Samojo would beat Jeff Hardy and they continue that feud. Um, that's what I think. Then we got Rey Mysterio versus Randy Orton. Like I said, a chair match, which is so weird. Um, I kind of want to see this feud go on because these guys have chemistry. They respect the shit out of each other. They do put on good matches together. Um, and this kind of harpens back to even though he's now becoming a legend, RKO is a legend killer. So it would be fun to have Ray get one up on him and then kind of take it in an even more dark direction. Give them both something to do. I don't know if it accumulates at Mania or maybe Rumble and then puts them in both in different directions. Or maybe they can screech each other over and Rumble. I don't know, but I think Ray is going to win. Talia versus Ruby Riot tables match. I don't really care. Hope it's a good match. Hope both ladies look great. Uh, and Talia should win that. Just out of respect, but somehow I could see it happening the opposite way too. Elias versus Bobby Lashley. Leo Rush is going to be a factor. We're going to see probably some cool spots with him in it. Since both go for a ladder match to get the fucking guitar. Both guys are not really ladder dudes. You know, I'll just say that. I think Bobby actually has more experience in ladder matches than Elias. So Leo Rush is probably going to be a big factor in this. Um, in the end, I could see Bobby actually winning, which I don't. I want to see Elias win, but I don't know how he's going to get over both guys. So I'm going to go with Bobby just based on that. Finn Balor, I'd love to see beat Drew McIntyre, but Drew McIntyre is now just, he's got red in his eyes. He wants to destroy Finn. He's on fire as a heel. I unfortunately don't see Finn winning. Now, Finn, which you think he would save for Rumble, not that he shouldn't be able to do it every fucking pay-per-view, but whatever. If he wants to, and he, whatever. Finn Balor as the demon going against Drew McIntyre. That's uh, different. If that happens, really, all it takes is some face paint and some more darkness to the intro, and it just changes things. I think Drew's going over. Then you have the SmackDown Tag Champions, The Bar, The Usos, New Day. I want The Usos to win. I'm not going to lie. That's going to be an awesome match. I think that could take match of the night. Braun Strowman versus Baron Corbin. I mean, part of me thinks that Braun's either not ready to come back or they already went with the storyline. He's just like on the cusp, so they're just not going to fucking risk it and just give him a little more time off. So Baron Corbin will win that way. If Braun comes out, he's decimating Baron Corbin, and that's all over. That's how you're going to know. So I think that Baron Corbin's going to win because I think that Braun's actually still injured. That's I'm spitting shit. Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose. I wouldn't be surprised if Brock Lesnar fucks over Seth Rollins for talking shit about him in this. And helps Dean Ambrose win the IC title and lives, leaves him there in just a fucking mess. Uh, I could also see Baron Corbin getting involved and fucking him over. Uh, Dean's getting that IC belt. I think they really are going to build towards Seth and Brock at Mania, and that's fine. And Dean, I'm sure, can still be involved with being a fucking pain in the side of Seth Rollins, but allow him to move on. You know, they're going to want to have a. Uh, maybe they both go to Rumble, and then if Seth's still in the Rumble then that's that's it too, and then he beats that and gets the Brock. But what I'm trying to say is maybe they have their, their next, their, uh, not payback match, um, a rematch. Uh, yeah, because Seth will need a rematch unless they decide to do that on a Raw, which I can see them doing that too. But, yeah, I, I see Dean winning that. Raw Women's Championship. Ronda Rousey better beat Nia Jax. That's all I have to say. Nia wins. I will see. I'm not going to be too happy about it. Um that's that's all I got for that. Becky Lynch, Shaw Flair, Oscar. All right. What I want to win is Oscar. I want Oscar to get the belt, bring it to the next destination, which would be Royal Rumble, for a match against Charlotte, in which she beats Charlotte. Uh, but their feud continues for some reason. Maybe there's some 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 something that happens. I'm not 100 percent sure. Um, but. Then they go to Mania, and then Asuka beats her again. 
Either that or Charlotte gets a win. I don't know. I don't know how you work that out. It's going to end even if Charlotte wins. Say that's the case, which is probably the more realistic case. I want Charlotte Oscar two WrestleMania, and well three technically with the the Raw match, but whatever. Um, the second the repeat from WrestleMania last year, I should say, and this time Oscar goes over. Then that would be awesome. Um, then Becky goes to Rumble. She beats um, everyone, uh, and she goes and picks Ronda Rousey after. I, th- I think I talked about that earlier. I apologize for repeating myself, but yeah. So my win for this is Oscar, but I, I know it's going to be Charlotte Flair, but I'm just going to be uh, hopeful. And then, which I don't know what they're going to pick. Both matches deserve it. It just sucks that this could be the time that WWE Championship finally gets a headline in a long time, and the women's match probably is the most, you know, dy- has the most dynamic to it. Um, so either one of these are going to headline it. Then the last match or the one listed I have, not actually in order. We don't know that yet. Uh, Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles. These guys should have an amazing fucking match, and I feel like Daniel Bryan's going to win. Um, I think it would be silly to stop now, abruptly, let him keep on working with it and doing some stuff. But, yeah, should be good. I'm very excited about this match. Uh, I think that the tag match and the women's match, three-way, are going to steal a show. All right, guys, before I let you go, we're going to go over Wrestle Kingdom 13's match card. All right, this is also something that's going to be awesome. Ten matches. So on the pre-show, it's going to be a gauntlet match to determine the number one contender for the never open weight six-man tag team championship match. Uh, apparently, from what this is saying, I'm pretty sure some, some – People have been added into this, but saying to be announced. I'm just going to skip this because I'm probably not going to watch it unless I get told it's really, really good, and I'll go back and watch it because it's on the pre-show. I'm definitely going to start off with this match, though. Kota Bushi, Will Ospreay, the Never Openweight Championship. This is going to be a fantastic match, and I hope both guys don't destroy each other. Um, you, I mean, in a lot of ways, Kota Bushi, I forgot what the gentleman's name is, but I mean, he's Tiger Mask W, but he's very, very reminiscent of the first Tiger Mask. They're just so crisp and just perfect. Um, Masawa found a lot of those uh, same. They're just, they're all precise wrestlers. I guess that's why Masawa was one of the uh, Tiger Masks. But, you know, and then you have Will Ospreay that, not size-wise, but gets compared for at least taking a toll on his body and also doing some pretty outrageous shit to Dynamite Kid, you know, Either way, these guys are going to have great chemistry. I've never seen them wrestle. I'm sure they have. I might have to check it out to see if they uh, they have, you know, recently, so I can go look it up on the internet, the old internet. All right, we got the three-way tag team or tag team match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Championships. Suzuki Gun, which is uh, Kanemura and El Desperado, versus Rapongi 3K showing yo. Versus Los Cinco Urbanables de Capón, Bushi, and Shingo Takagi. Um, I mean, I want Rapongi to win, but I feel like this is going to be an LIJ night, so I'm going to give that to uh, Shingo and Bushi. Um, should be a damn good match. I think, I'm pretty sure Suzuki Guns are actually the champions. Yeah, they are. Okay. So, yeah. I don't think they're gonna they're they're gonna retain those titles. I think it's either gonna go to Sho and Yo or uh Bushi and Shingo. And I'm pulling for Rapongi. But like I said, I think it's gonna be an L I J night. Alright, so tomorrow Ishii versus Zack Saber Jr. What an awesome a brick wall versus a fucking anaconda. Like what the hell? Singles match for the British heavyweight champion from Rev Pro. Uh that's pretty awesome. I'm glad they're able to defend their title on this amazing pay-per-view and between two incredible competitors. I think Zack Sabre is going to win. Um, I don't think Ishii really needs it. You know, he's kind of like dropping one title going on to the next. Uh, you know, maybe he can... I, I don't think I said, actually, what Kota Ibushi and Will Ospreay. I'm going to give that to Kota Ibushi. I think he's going to retain. Ishii loses to Zack Sabre and starts another feud with Kota Ibushi, maybe. Get the never-open weight off of him. I don't know. But I definitely think that Zack Sabre is getting that. Uh, Gorillas of Destiny, Tamatanga and Tonga Lo versus Los Cinco Renables de Capone, 
Sonata and Evil versus the Young Butts, Matt and Nick Jackson in a three-way tag team match for the IWGP Tag Team Championships. Uh, obviously, Gorillas Destiny is the champions. I can't. If Matt and Nick Jackson, there's a bold statement, but if Matt and Nick Jackson win this, unlike Ring of Honor, per se, um, I feel like that's uh, an inclusion that New Japan is going to have some involvement in the like at least trading talent, if you will, with uh, all elite wrestling. Um, that's just me though. And I, I, I really feel like Tongaloa and uh, Tomatonga are going to win. I think they're going to retain Cody versus juice Robinson for the IWGP United States heavyweight championship. Just like the other one. Um, I could see them giving this back to juice regardless, but if Cody keeps this, I think this is much more known now that there might be involvement between those two brands. Um, like they're cool, uh, you know. And then we have uh, Kushida versus Taiji Ichimori for the uh, IWGT uh, Junior Heavyweight Championship. Both these guys are incredible. Both these guys put on a mm-hmm. fantastic match. I'm actually going to go with Ichimori. Um, no, it's not because apparently WWE is interested in Kushida. That has nothing to do with it. He's not going anywhere. I just think that he's had the, he's had the belts a million times. Give it to the new guy. Let him run with it. See what he can do. He's already shown some amazing matches in the short time that he's been in this and also an impact that I know him from. Then we have Okada versus Jay White. I think that Okada has to go over. Jay White might do some, some tomfoolery, but uh, I feel like Okada's got to go over. Naito's going to beat Chris Jericho for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. I am very, very sure on that. Um, who knows, though? Another tale of what's going on. If Kenny loses this, I'm thinking, like, if Kenny, the Bucks don't win, Cody loses, I'm thinking all those guys are going. But Kenny wins. I just feel like it's going to be Tanahashi. I don't know if his new mega power buddy, Okada, is going to come up and screw over Kenny. You know, put that dynamic into it, make some, not ending, but like an opening to, to go back to that fugue with Okada, but also that he's like helping out his mentor or someone that he respects, the the old ace, if you will, to his new ace. There's a lot of ways to do that. Or maybe Okada comes up and screws Tanashi and gives Kenny the win. <gasps> that'd, be, that'd be interesting. But this, both cards of, uh, both things I just went over. This one's obviously... Wrestle Kingdom is the WrestleMania of New Japan. This is going to be a fantastic uh, everything, start to finish. I'm sure the uh, the gauntlet match is going to be awesome too. But the main card is pretty incredible. There's so many belts on the line. So I think every match outside of uh, Okada and uh, White have a belt on the line. So looking forward to that, man. It's going to be great. Yeah. All right. Well, let me uh, bring it also. Before we get out of here, I want to talk to you guys about another one of our sponsors. But to do that, I'm going to pass it to, hmm, let's see, who should I bring in my box of gimmicks? Um, oh, God, I'm going to really regret this, guys. Hey, Randy, can, can you uh, can you read this? Uh-huh. Hey, guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Freak out. Listen up. Bluechew.com. Uh-huh. That's blue like the color blue. Bluechew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients this Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work, brother. Take it away, hopster. Listen to me, brother. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as any pill, brother, so you can take them whenever the opportunity arises. Jane, tell us about some of the stuff with Blue Chew for you, brother. Thanks, Hulk. Yeah, and Blue Chew, guys, is a great product. Uh, it's it's like a natural supplement for you know your 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 male uh, private areas if you will your 
penis. It's not a big deal. Now, it's it's not so much this this thing pertains to many different things, and I mean this can. I'm I'm in my my, my mid thirties, and uh, you know whether or not you want to maybe perform longer, maybe you want to have a more increased, you know, orgasm. You know, maybe if you have some cocktails or if you take a medication and mix it with that, which I kind of have had that problem happen in the past, admittedly, you know, or you're trying to please a lady, maybe you're trying to date and court a lady, you guys, you know, start fooling around and you want to impress her. I'm just saying there's a lot of different reasons, size, performance, you know, uh, the ability to not have to deal with whiskey dick. I'm just saying any of that type of stuff. I know I've personally used this, and I think it's a great sexual enhancer. I really do. Um, I wouldn't just say that for the hell of it. But, you know, I have mixed it with a night where maybe I would have been fine, but, like, it was still in my mind because it has happened in the past because of the medication I take during the daytime, and I mix it with alcohol. Can just cause some weird shit. So I popped one of these, and my lord, it was like the love boat, you know, just took off from the harbor. It was great. I definitely recommend it for anyone. Guys, you know, it doesn't matter what age you are. This is just a supplement for a certain muscle that you, you know, you, you want to spend a lot of time with and get someone else to spend a lot of time with. So, anyways, back to you, Hulkster. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no in-person doctor visits, brother. No wanting, waiting at the pharmacy. And best of all, no more awkwardness. What are you going to do? They're made in the USA. This is Blue Chew prepares and ships direct. They're cheaper than a pharmacy. Tell them, macho man. Right now... We've got a special offer for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use a special promo code GVN. Just pay $5 for shipping. Uh Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W dot com, brother. Promo code G-V-N, as in Geek Vibes Nation, to try it free. Blue Chew is a better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. Uh-huh. Thank you, Randy. Thank you, Terry. It was great to have you both here. Uh, wonderful, actually. Anyways, guys, this is a more, eh, I would say, shortened episode of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Uh, Next week we'll have more guests, more conversation. Until then, you know, I hope you guys enjoy the episode with moi. Remember, like I said, SeatGeek, if you're going to use it, $20 off your first purchase. You help us out, you help yourself out. It's concerts, sporting arena events, wrestling events, theater, opera, whatever, you know, Cirque du Soleil. If you have that, I'm sure it works for it. SeatGeek, Download the app, Geek Vibes, all one word, code, $20 off. That's pretty cool. You know, we love helping out, and by, you know, us helping you out, you guys help us out. And we grow, and that's the whole point of Geek Vibes. So check us out. Our website is gvnation, gvnation.com, GV as in Geek Vibes. And uh, check out all of our news, our articles uh, from our wonderful writers, our YouTube page with of just a huge amount of different people just just showing up different different there's the nerd bros geek show specifically great show my two buddies the kalinas they break down random stuff Uh, opinions don't or opinions are king facts don't matter is their motto definitely check that out and all the other people that uh take up our youtube page that link will be provided on gv nation as well to our facebook you guys can click on the uh post for this give me some feedback tell me how much you liked it then go to our Twitter, if you could. Retweet. Let me know how you like the show. You know, Hit me up. Just go to the GV Nation's uh, Twitter page and just take the show. Retweet it. I just want to see how many retweets it gets. It would make me so happy. It really would. You know, and it's, it's Christmas time. It's the holidays. Whatever you celebrate. But either way, 
GVNation.com. Everything's up there. If you want a different audio format, both our uh, iTunes account and our Stitcher accounts attached there, and our Instagram. So that's all we got, guys. Got some uh, episodes coming up. Like I said, next week, go over TLC. Wednesday, we'll be back at the same time, 7 p.m. EST, and uh, whatever news happens. And then we have our year review two days after Christmas. The following week will probably be our last show of the year. No, it will be the last show of the year, actually. And, uh, yeah, we'll probably take that next week off. And uh, we'll be ready to talk about wrestling into 2019. It's crazy that it's coming. But it is. So uh, glad that you guys, you know, decided to join us tonight and uh, really enjoy talking to you about wrestling. But that's all I got. And that's the bottom line. Just go, go, You guys have a great evening. Let the Geek Vibes be with you. Hey, monkeys, it's me, D-D-P, Diamond Dallas Page, the king of Bada Bing, the master of Diamond Cutter, the three-time world champion professional wrestler, WWE Hall of Famer, and CEO and founder of DDP Yoga. And you monkeys, well, you're listening to Geek Vibes Nation. And that's not a bad thing. That's a good thing. Bang! Goodbye and good night. Peace out. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.